Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 in conjunction with Hawaii Pacific University proudly presents Sharks Weekly, a deep dive into HPU athletics and its men's and women's athletic programs. Who are this week's standout performers? Which program is making a splash in the classroom, community, and on the field? What are the upcoming schedules? All these questions answered and more coming live from the DSE Hawaii eSports Arena on the Hawaii Pacific University campus at Aloha Tower Marketplace. Here's your host, Hawaii Pacific University's VP of Marketing and Communications, Jeffrey Rich. Well, welcome to Sharks Radio. I am your host, Jeffrey Rich, and I'm excited to be here today with a couple of exciting guests. Uh, First of all, I'd like to uh, formally introduce myself, since this is the first show that I've been uh, asked to host. Uh, My name is Jeffrey Rich, and I'm fairly new to Hawaii Pacific University, having joined the university about four months ago, coming over from the mainland and uh, William & Mary out in Virginia, where I served as their chief marketing officer. But I'm excited to be at HPU and to engage with uh, Sharks Athletics and to bring to life some of the wonderful stories and people that uh, make our sports go here at this wonderful university. Um, So we're live today here at the eSports Arena uh, and we're excited to get the conversation started. Let me first introduce our two guests. We have the head coach of Sharks women's basketball, Katie Novak. She's here in her first year as our head coach. And we have associate coach, Christian DeWitt, also in her first year. Welcome to the show, guys. We're excited to have you today. Thank you for having us. Glad that you're here. Um, You know, let's start with uh, maybe a little bit uh, about you. Um, Katie, you're the head coach. Um, You're you're here for your first year. Tell us a little bit about what it's been like to, to come and join the HPU Ohana and to, to lead the women's basketball team, how the season's going, but give us some reflections. Uh, it's definitely, it's been a, a little bit of a wild year. If you would have told me a year ago that this is where I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised. Um, I, I was uh, in West Texas for quite some time at Sol Ross State University and uh, my family and I moved out here in July and you know really had about a month and a half before things got started with school so it was a really quick turnaround time from the move until you know meeting the team putting a preseason together and all that stuff so it was a uh, it was chaos for the first couple of months but now that we've gotten into season we're getting settled in a little bit and uh, it's just you know basketball is basketball when it starts so the the craziness has kind of calmed down a little bit after after I got settled more Wow, very cool. And before we get into a little bit about how the season's going and all, let's introduce Christian DeWitt, the associate coach. Um, welcome, and tell us a little bit about your background, Christian. Thank you. Um, I'm I'm from West Texas uh, as well, uh, with from Coach Novak um, at Sol Ross State University. I was the graduate assistant coach there, and this is my first year at uh, HPU, and super excited to be here. This is actually my first time in Hawaii as well, so I mean, it's super exciting moving here for the first time and being uh full-time head coach so um, I mean associate head coach so it's super exciting Uh, we're getting to the flow of season conference is starting so getting my feet under now but it's you know I'm just happy to be here wow very cool so you guys have some history together Mm -hmm. tell us a little about that uh well I hired Christian at Sol Ross I'm trying to remember you know it was a blur for me at the time because I'm pretty sure I was on maternity leave and I had just had my son Walker and I was having to do her interviews and stuff when I was on maternity leave from Zoom. 
uh, and we were really hopeful to get her out there, and we're and we're really lucky to get her. But the timeline is is something that's hard for me to remember because I think I was getting maybe like an hour of sleep a night during that time <laughs> for a while. But uh, she's been great. Uh, I really wanted coming out here and you know starting a, rebuilding a program a little bit and definitely rebuilding a program very close to school time and that kind of a coaching change it's pretty late in the year for it to happen so for me bringing somebody with me who I really trust and know and and know is going to care for the team and do a good job is really important so really lucky to have her and coach Liv um, out here and I think uh, I think I've got the greatest staff. I actually said that to my husband last night. They probably don't hear it enough, but I definitely said that I, I love having them with me and how supportive they are, and just uh, they're hard workers, and the girls are lucky to have them. Wow! So you've mentioned a couple times, you know, rebuilding the program. You know, tell us, you know, when you came on, when you came in, um, you know, what was the challenge? Uh, you know, what did you see in terms of the team's history, uh, successes and failures? You know, what were the things that you guys felt that you needed to address to get the program to a point of consistent excellence? The Hawaii Pacific has has had great success over a lot of years. Last year was like, you know, a, do- a first down year for in a long time for them. So. Uh, there was a lot of young players last year, a lot of turnover, um, you know, people live, leaving mid, mid-season just kind of shakes things up culture-wise, and it wasn't very consistent for the team. So for us, we just wanted to come in and, and bring consistency and and look toward the future and, and just take small steps to be building all the time. You can't, everybody wants to win every single game early. That's, that's always a goal of ours, but really we want to make sure we're, setting the standard for the type of culture that we want to build and and competing every day and recruiting people that are going to work hard, work hard in the classroom and just be a really positive representation of the program. And that's really what we're trying to do, you know, and winning games along the way is, is great and is nice, but we're really looking to build for, you know, good future years too. Do you, do you have different focuses in terms of, you know, how and what you're being asked to, to develop and focus on what the players Christian versus what the head coach's role is, but how do you work together and how do you create, you know, that sort of consistent um, uh, level of play that you're, you're striving in the players that you recruit? Yeah. First off, I just want to say uh, it's been wonderful working under coach Novak. Like she's been a great leader and just been, cause this is my first time uh, having a full time coaching job. So just being her teaching me how to be a leader and how to really just be more personable with our players. You know, we have a lot of young players and then we have a lot of uh, grad transfers as well. So there is a lot of senior leadership on the court. So that's very helpful because we have, we brought two players from Texas with us, uh, Kiana and Ashley, and they did a great job, you know, instilling the values that we put into uh, Sol Ross from the jump. So that's just great having that leadership from the coach's standpoint and from our uh, player standpoint as well. Do you guys have a philosophy that you brought in terms of, you know, the type of play you want to see on the court? Is it, you know, slow ball control? Is it run and gun? You know, what are you what are you trying to instill in terms of a team philosophy and approach and a signature sort of playing style for HPU? We, we play an up-tempo sort of offense and defensively, I'd say what we want to be known for, what we work for is being gritty and tough on defense. And, and we want a team that's going to rebound well. We want all those extra possessions. So uh, those are kind of our main points of focus. Uh, and I, I always like, you know, at the end of the day, I want coaches or, you know, fans that are watching or anybody to walk away and, and 
feel like, wow, they play hard. That's really important to me. Um, as a coach, whether we win or lose, whatever it is, I want I want that to be something that we stand for on a regular basis. I think that's an excellent goal to strive for. You know, when you think about your your love of the sport and your history, you know, growing up watching, you know, is there a particular coach or player that's that stood out to each of you as somebody that you model after in terms of your coaching style or, or style of play that you think is really effective? For me, I would say uh, my dad is a huge role model for me. Uh, he's I grew up in college football. My dad was a college football coach, an NFL football coach, and just being around Basket. I mean, around a college campus my entire life. I grew up in the gym. I was always in the gym. I wanted to see what my dad, when he was in the film sessions, just talking to his players. So I saw that my entire life. And just the way that, just seeing him, players call him 20 years later saying, hey, coach, like, thank you for building me, being a better man. Like, that's my goal. I want our players, you know, to call me 10 later, ten years later and be like, coach, thank you for, you know, instilling the values that you did when you coached me. Because it happens in the real world. What we teach on the basketball court is what helps them in real life situations because it just helps you be a better woman. If you're working hard in practice, you're gonna be able to handle the stuff that happens in the real world. So my dad, for sure, just being around a coaching environment my entire life. Where did he coach when he was uh, Um, He coached at Trinity International University in Illinois, and then he coached with the Chicago Bears as well. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, so just being around (laughs) that my entire life was just huge. It just made me wanna be a coach even more from a young age. Wow, I can imagine he probably has some stories to tell. Oh yeah, for sure, (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well well, feel free to throw any of those out (laughs) if you think they'd be interesting (laughs) for our listeners. Um, You know, Katie, what about you? Uh, Who's been an influence in your career? You know, I, I can't say one person really sticks out like that. I've had a lot of great coaches along the way. I mean, in a lot of sports, I was a three-sport athlete in high school, and, and some of the coaches I've had that really impacted weren't even basketball coaches. But um, I had a really good assistant coach when I was at Incarnate Word when I finished my playing career there, and he was giving me advice because he knew that I was going to be going into coaching soon, and, you know, he said that, the best thing you can do is is be yourself because you you want to sometimes model after really successful coaches but there's only one you and once you're comfortable with your voice and you figure out what works best for you that's when you're going to be the best coach that you can be too so I think for me a lot of times it's I do I'll pick you know different things x's and o's y's but I think I, I gotta be willing to make my own mistakes and, and figure out how I'm gonna be the best ber- version of myself as a coach too. So uh, he really encouraged me to do that, which I thought was really valuable advice. Cause I know for me, it was, you know, I, you look up to like the Pat Summits and the Genos and all that stuff, but they're them and you've gotta find your you, you know? So that's what I try to do when I'm coaching. Very cool. What um, you both mentioned that you know your experience here in Hawaii is is pretty new, um, and I imagine pretty pretty striking in terms of contrast of other places that you've lived and and all. Tell us a little bit about what that's been like. You know, coming over um, to such a remote place, such a beautiful place, um, a culture that is unique to itself here. Um, a lot of people, you know, back on the mainland in particular, have a hard time understanding. Probably don't think about how different it is to live out here. But what are some of the things that really stood out to you as you moved out into this environment and and began your life out in uh, in Hawaii as members of HPU Athletics? You know, it's funny because 
a lot of people will say it's very remote here, but we're we were both Christian and I were at in West Texas. Um, was definitely the most remote place I've ever been in my life. It was around where not many people know where Big Bend National Park is. Um, but when I mean hundreds and thousands of miles of mountains and desert with nothing in sight, driving for hours and hours and hours and not hitting a town, not seeing a gas station. Uh, we were very oddly remote. It was about three hours to get to the closest airport. Um, and you just... It was like this kind of. I mean, we were about a forty-minute drive from Mexico, if that can paint you a little bit of a picture. So we were, we were very remote there, and it was in the desert. And then, you know, so so then we both moved to a, a city with, you know, and a tropical island. I, it couldn't be more different visually and kind of just the day-to-day stuff. Um, but for me, it was almost just like trying to adjust my son at the time. You know, who was not that much older than a year when we moved and um, you know now I'm 36 weeks pregnant so baby two on the way and I feel like that's been more of my adjustment than any kind of living situation I could be in I doesn't really matter if I was living right now in California or Florida or Michigan or Hawaii I I think just trying to figure out how to be a mom of two is is my challenge right now yeah, that uh, it's a, it opens to a whole new can of worms and, and sets of responsibilities that make it awful hard sometimes to focus on your professional life. Um, but somehow we all figure out a way to do it. Those that have uh, been fortunate enough to uh, to start a family and uh, and see that family grow and prosper. Sharks Weekly is brought to you in part by Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. The magic of Waikiki is back, and your staycation is waiting for you at the Waikiki Malia Outrigger. Walking distance to the beach and lots of shopping, rooms featuring smart TVs and high-speed internet. Enjoy Rival Sports Lounge, Slice of Waikiki Pizza, and IHOP right on the property. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sharks Weekly on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Sharks Weekly on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network's 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back. This is Sharks Weekly. I'm your host, Jeffrey Rich, and we're joined by Katie Novak, head coach of Hawaii Pacific University Women's Basketball and associate head coach Christian DeWitt. Give me your number one cool thing about Hawaii, a place you visited. Uh, you know, what, what's been striking about coming out here in terms of an experience you've had? Maybe Christian, why don't you start us off? For me, the main adjustment is there's no seasons like I'm used to there being a winter time a fall time just waking up every day it's 80 degrees outside it feels good I mean it's the sun shining so that's a major adjustment for me I mean Katie kind of touched on it a little bit just being in West Texas where everything is five minutes away like everything's down the street here I mean you have to put into account traffic uh, there's much more cars than West Texas I mean there was no one on the road out there so that's the main adjustment for me is the commute uh, to our gym every day. Uh, it's a lot different. I lived um, at Soros State. Um, I was basically on campus. So there I mean, were no yeah. stoplights in town. That yeah. gives you an idea. Yeah. Not one. Yeah. Not one. No we have very long stoplights that take forever to get through for <laughs> yeah. those that have been out here and, uh, and seen. Um, it's not the traffic that takes long to get through. It's waiting at those those darn exactly, red lights, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the speed limit max on the uh, freeway, what is it, 55? I think it's 25. 20, yeah, no, it feels like 25. On the highway. Yeah, yeah, it feels yeah. like 25 on the freeway. But yeah, it's just, 
it's it's been an adjustment, but I love it so far. I mean, I've never would would have thought in my wildest dreams I'd be in Hawaii um, in my twenties. So I mean, I'm just very thankful to be here, and it it's beautiful. I mean, just waking up every day and seeing a rainbow. I see a rainbow almost every morning from my apartment. So that's just very unique. A lot of people can't say they see a rainbow every morning. So certainly not. Yeah. And, you know how how um, attractive is that on the recruiting side of things? Uh, you know, let's talk a bit about you know the key to success in any um, university athletics program is probably your ability to recruit and retain talent. Um, so how does, you know, Hawaii play and, and how are things looking on the recruiting side as you look to build the program and continue to bring in talented student athletes? Yeah, that'll be, um, you know, we had such a short turnaround time. We were lucky to be able to bring in a few players, um, really brought in three with us and, and we'll have a lot more time and resources next year to be recruiting and, and doing all of that. But I think finding the the niche of those kids that want to really branch out and experience something new um, because you know moving away is hard for a lot of kids a lot of 18 year olds especially if they're freshmen and and finding somebody who's willing to embrace living in Hawaii for two years or four years and 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 being away from home. I know that's a thing that a lot of the students that I've talked to here might struggle with around the holidays, especially, you know, basketball players, you get a few days really at home and you're missing Thanksgiving and you're missing holidays with family and it's a it's a really big growth opportunity and um, looking for kids that really want to take on that challenge and and do something really kind of unique with their life in their college career is something that I think we're going to be looking for when we recruit too. Obviously the basketball stuff and the classroom stuff is, you know, there's always the standards there that we're going to be looking for. But I think for somebody to be successful and embrace the opportunity out here, they need to be somebody that's really ready to, you know, leave the nest and, and really, and make a change and kind of experience something new. Do you find that, um, that it's an easier transition because you're, you're sort of, realizing up front in the recruiting process or, or, or bringing student athletes in that because it is so far away that there has to be maybe more of a sense of independence, um, that maybe those student athletes are more self-driven perhaps than others that move into an environment that's a little less um, remote or challenging as we have out here. But how does that affect their play? Do you find that you, you get a different sort of spirit in the athletes that come out to Hawaii and play versus maybe some that you've interacted with back on the mainland? I do think it affects their independence a little bit, uh, just with kind of, it sounds funny, but just being an adult, you know, maybe getting an apartment on their own and setting up things on their own, they are going to have to do that if they come out here. So I do think that that's something that I've noticed in a lot of the student athletes here, that they really have a little bit more of that life experience and they're living on their own more than a lot of kids that, you know, only are going to college maybe two or three hours from home and run home on the weekends and bring their laundry, you know, and let their parents do it for them. They're, they're definitely on their own more. And I totally would agree. And I think they have to kind of make that decision up front. I do think they still get homesick like anybody would, but I think it helps independence. Definitely. What are your thoughts, Christian? Um, 
when you come to Hawaii, you just you really have to have a love for basketball and a passion, you know, to play at the collegiate level because it is hard. You can't just get into your car and drive to your parents' house when you're feeling homesick or anything like that. That's why we really do preach for our girls. Like, it's a family. Like, your teammate is your sister at the end of the day because you don't have your family to go to. That's why it's so important for each of them to have each other's backs when they miss going home or just, you know, they can't you know have hugged their sister just you know simple seeing their family like that so it's just really important for us to instill a family value for our team and it's a sisterhood really like they all have to have each other's backs at the end of the day we're all going to be here for here for each other the coaches are going to be here for you but you have to have your teammates back at the end of the day because that's really all you have out here yeah, I, you know, I imagine one of the things that also is um, uh, really uh, challenging for for the players out here is the amount of travel involved in terms of going back to the mainland to play. You know, talk a little bit about that. You know, we don't have uh, a large you know bevy of, of colleges and universities out here in Hawaii, um, which makes it sometimes challenging to find levels of competition um, and makes the the whole travel uh, situation for athletes uh, difficult. But how do you overcome that, and how do you get students prepared for a different sort of collegiate experience here, given the location um, of the university. You know, that's something that we're still navigating this year as we, you know, our one quote-unquote road trip this year has been just a quick short flight over to Hilo. And that's been it. We haven't left the island for games. Uh, and we we will shortly coming up for our California trips. Um, so we're going to be navigating that with them, you know, for the first time as well. But it was unusual the amount of home games or games just on island I think that happened to be on the schedule this year. So I think in in future years there'll be a little farther travel earlier, but uh, this year we've just we've had a lot of home games so far. So yeah. there's definitely good and bad to that. Yeah, and I think a lot of our players are excited to leave Island right now at this point too. We've had a lot of home games, a lot a lot of home games. So I think they're really excited to get back on the mainland and just play on a different scenery, a different court. I mean we played a lot of home games so <laughs> a lot of them are excited to get, go to california a lot of them even haven't been to san francisco before a lot haven't been to los angeles so it's going to be exciting uh and uh, it's just a new environment for us and just ready to ready to compete when we get there well tell us a little bit about the competition um you know so who when you look across our conference um and think about you know the teams that you meet um you know who who are the the ones that worry you and uh you know what do you think in terms of strategies that can really uh, effectively play against some of the competition that uh that's elevated uh, on your schedule i think you know right now the top six teams in our conference are all like within a game of each other a game and a half so uh there is a little bit of change in the rules where previously eight teams would make the conference tournament. Now it's only six. So, you know, the six that, that are there, you know, us included that are just neck and neck and neck, essentially, it's it's very competitive and every game like that is going to feel like a championship game. So I would say that that's, uh, that's obvious. You know, we're trying to beat those people out so we can get our, put ourselves in the best position for the conference tournament at the end. But you know, then for the teams that are a few games behind, it's those are a must-win games. Those are ones that we have to take care of business. But I do feel like I don't think we've played our best basketball yet by any stretch of the imagination. And once we can get them rolling a little bit more, I I think we're a very hard matchup for a lot of teams in conference with our size and athleticism. So I think when we're playing our best, I think it's as long as we play our game 
I don't think there's anybody that can beat us, but we're still figuring out what our best looks like right now. So. Well, it's good to be playing well and feeling good about your mm-hmm. play while you still feel like you got a lot of elevation still ahead mm-hmm. of you. Um, you know, give us some shout outs. You know, who on the team, um, you know, has surprised you? Uh, you know, where do you see some strengths and, and maybe some developmental opportunities for those that aren't as familiar with, with our women's basketball program and haven't maybe followed the season yet as closely? Um, you know, give us a sense of the season and, and the, the players and, and where you see strength and, we- and weaknesses. I think our obvious strength off the bat is Abby Spurgeon. She's the number one uh, scorer in the country right now for women's Division II basketball. Uh, so she right now leads the conference in points per game and blocks per game. She's second in field goal percentage. She's fourth in free throw percentage. Um, she's second in rebounding. I, she's a graduate transfer from West Texas A&M. She's from Fredericksburg, Texas. And she's been a, a massive impact immediately. I mean... She's 6'3", she's athletic, she can move. She's won multiple conference championships in a very good Division II conference. So she's had a lot of experience and she's been really great. Um, Sometimes I think uh, our younger players don't even understand how how lucky they are to be able to play with her and, you know, the kind of things that she's already done on the floor. And she's just a really, really great teammate, good person. And she's made an immediate impact and conference right away. Uh, we're not too surprised by that, but it's also pretty impressive considering she just came off in a year of being off. She didn't play basketball last year. She was student teaching. So uh, for her to be rusty and playing like this is pretty awesome. But academic she, uh, juniors, what graduates? Graduates. Okay. Yeah, so we got one transfer. one year left yep. on eligibility. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So it sounds yep. like some literal big shoes to fill. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think size 14s, if I'm right. Yeah, I think she's yeah. size 14. Yeah, so 14. She had, yeah. had to get a custom shoe for her. So. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a big foot. Um, um, and Avery Cargill, too, has been, uh, you know, I guess it wasn't, she wasn't a shock as far as I know she's been really good for the program here. And I was kind of told when I was coming in, this is going to be somebody that's going to be a great leader for you and, you know, just do things the right way, solid player. And obviously I... I can watch all their film and everything. As I was interviewing for the job, I was watching the film. But she uh, she's been a really she's been a really solid rock for our team. I think that all the little things she does, and she's a great three point shooter, um, great free throw shooter. But all the, there's so many little things that she does that are never going to show up in the stat sheet. And again, that's a an upperclassman. You know, this is her last year playing as well. So we have really good experience in those two older players, and I think that they've been really good leaders for our team. And what are you seeing, Christian? Maybe um, some areas of development from your point of view that you guys want to work on, some gaps to fill, uh, players to develop. Yeah, another player I want to shout out um, is Kiana Loftus. Um, she came with us from Division Three school, and uh, this is her first year being a Division Two player. And I mean, I'm just super proud of the player that she's elevated to being a leader for our team. Um, she's leading the, uh, the guards a lot verbally, vocally on the court, and just knocking down huge shots for us on offense that we need. And just set an example for the younger players, because she's also a grad transfer as well. And that's uh, just to piggyback what Katie was saying, just our grad transfers and senior leadership is great on our team. Like it's, it's, it's just phenomenal having that. It just makes it easier as a coach when you have players leading on the court, for sure. And I mean, a little bit about Abby. I mean, it's just amazing coaching a player like her. She's uh, 
as humble as can be like you just speaking to abby you wouldn't even know that she's leading the country in scoring right now she is just uh, very humble and you know we're trying to tell you know abby it's okay to be you know a little bit mean to our uh, teammates in practice but you know she's just as nice as can be but just having those type of players on our team avery knocking down huge threes for us uh I mean it's just it makes our offense a lot easier it just it makes other players step up and have to knock down open shots or just getting assist to abby down low it's just huge for our offense so it's just great playing with, uh, having players like that got it you guys have a game coming up uh, later today against azusa pacific if i'm not mistaken what, what do we have in store for that game and what do you what do you think how's it gonna go you know we're we we're gunning for them because we just feel like you know, that's that's where we want to be, where they've been, national tournament team, you know, top of the conference consistently. Um, they, they've had a hot start to season. Not surprisingly, they return a lot of players that, you know, were in those championship shoes last year. And I think it's going to be a really good test for us to see, all right, well, that's a championship-level team right there. Where are we at? And I like these kind of games because it really puts us on the line of and thinking about, the end of the season really quickly so uh, and each day is an opportunity to move up in the standings or solidify a top spot and um, to me there's nobody else I'd rather be playing than the top conference team what you know well before we go I, I'm interested to also hear a little bit more about you know what are the areas that you think you need to sort of further develop if you had to point out not that our hopefully our competition's not listening today but you know where are the where are the weak points that you want to work on and what I can make just, an impact just being consistent um we've shown little pieces of greatness for us but we need to put a complete 40 minutes together on a basketball court because we're, we're scary when we, when we play our basketball our pace and our inside out game is you know a lot of teams we're very a lot of teams at our conference don't have the arsenal that we have. So just being consistent and just putting all those puzzle pieces together and just putting a complete game, I mean, we're, we're going to be tough to be our, from shooting, from the outside, from our inside presence. But, um, yeah, just being more consistent all across the board for us. Sharks Weekly is brought to you in part by Giovanni Pastrami, Waikiki's premier sports bar. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sharks Weekly on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Sharks Weekly on the Hawaii Sports Radio Networks, 95.1 FM and AM 760. And we're back on Sharks Weekly uh, with Katie Novak, head coach of uh, Hawaii Pacific University's women's basketball team and Christian DeWitt, associate head coach. Um, we're talking a bit about, um, you know, earlier in the, se- early in the season, um, we're starting to get, you know, the team's persona and sort of, uh, style uh, developed. You guys are both new uh, in your first year, but you had a really good week. Um, you were named uh, Team of the Week for our conference. You know, give us the highlights. You know, uh, what what led to that uh, that uh, uh, that recognition um, within your conference as one of the outstanding teams, the outstanding team in performance this last week. We uh, we beat Point Loma. We beat Art U, and I think the what got us the recognition, to be honest, was beating Point Loma as handedly as we did because they're a very good team. Uh, we just came out on fire and and and, and beat them by 30, and, and that was not, I don't think, very expected to. Uh, we were in preseason polls. We were ranked at the bottom, and they were ranked toward the top. So, you know, it, it wasn't a game we were supposed to win, quote-unquote, from people's outside perspective, but we know we can compete with anybody. Um, 
but we just we had a a good week where we were starting to click a little bit and and rebound well and play our pace so i are you i don't think was as great of a game for us but uh we were able to pull out two wins and abby got defensive player of the week as well she tied the school record for blocks in a game with six right now six in one game wow it should have been seven, but they called the foul on a seven. <laughs> the goaltending on the seventh. They called they called the foul, uh, oh. but it was a really good block. But she'll, I think she'll break it one day. But it it was a it was a good week for us. I feel like um, sometimes I think it surprises our team, but we believe that that's where we should be, and we just need to get our team believing it on a regular basis. What created that consistency? Is there something in the preparation? Um, you know, and, and what's what's the day in, a day in the life like for for a women's basketball player at HPU? I think just our players are starting to buy in and trust the process now. Leaders are stepping up. People are just emerging and getting more comfortable in their roles and knowing what they have to do on the court. So that's really what's making us get on this run that we're on right now. And just honestly, just protecting home court that's a huge advantage for us having so many home games and just having that home court atmosphere with us so we've been uh, one thing our, our gym doesn't have any air conditioning so i mean a lot of we're we're, cuff, we're used to that that's what we practice in every single day so i mean just having that home court advantage has really helped us get on a, a you know the streak that we're on right now you know i think that probably sounds odd to a lot of folks given that we're in hawaii and they think boy it's you know it's hot there all year round you know i was one of the things it was one of the things that surprised me about moving here is um that ac is not as prevalent as you might think uh particularly in in like the southern part of the united states um uh, you know when you think though about that preparation and what a student athlete has to go through every day and balancing academics and athletics you know what are some of the challenges that you consistently hear from your student athletes in terms of trying to maintain that balance and maintaining the focus on on the game and preparation for the game and how do you coach them through that and get them to a point of feeling prepared to give their uh, their best and be successful on that court they have to have good time management skills that's for sure if, if they don't it gets very obvious very quickly and it's just not something that they can maintain uh, also with the being where we're at location wise when we do travel it's going to be for long periods of time so recruiting good students is really really important because if you're not a good student already and then you're gonna have to miss for a week and a half and make up work on the road and keep track of your schedule and zoom with your professors and turn everything in still that's it's not easy to do if you were you know an average student off the bat so that's something that we look for right away and you know a lot of the players we just inherited this year also are already really good students so I, uh, I always say uh, you know at this point too they need to understand to be an adult I'm not gonna hold their hand every time they need to get an assignment done or go to class but we will check in on them frequently with academic meetings and and things like that but this is their time also to figure out their time management and it's it's about academics first at the end of the day so if they weren't getting it done in the classroom we we simply wouldn't be taking them on the trips they wouldn't be suiting up in games and they wouldn't be practicing. So we make that pretty clear from the beginning, but we really have not had issues. This team has been great staying on the ball with their academics. 
I mean, uh, just living in Hawaii. I mean, you have beautiful beaches and you're, you know, outside. A lot so, of distractions. Yeah, yeah there's here. a lot of there. There is a lot of distractions. So what, even what Coach Novak was saying, we have great students. Like we never have to worry about any issues outside of academics or outside of basketball or anything like that. I mean, they get their study hall hours in or academic meetings. Like we have a great team GPA. So I mean, they're always on it with time management and just being on time with everything. I mean. We haven't had any problems this season so far, especially with all the distractions that there is being in Hawaii. Got it. You know, on this show, we always like to mix in a few sort of, you know, what we call human interest types of questions and just to sort of draw out uh, some of the thoughts and perspectives. So I've got the first question for you guys that's sort of non-basketball related. Um, so here it is. So so give us some thought and, and, and maybe, uh, uh, Katie, why don't you go first? But if you had your own late night talk show, who would be your first guest and why? And what would you ask him? What came first to my head um, was the author, Angela Duckworth. She wrote the book Grit. That's one of my favorite books. I I think uh, a lot of master's psychology classes end up assigning that as a book to read. Uh, I've listened to a few of her TED Talks. I think that would be some, I wish that could be somebody that could come in and talk with my team. Um, but that's the first person that came to my mind of uh, just sometimes, you know, we say basketball is not, not so much X's and O's and so much more mental. Uh, so that would be a really cool tool to have somebody like that. And, you know, that's probably my favorite uh, nonfiction book right there. So What's that's the first question you'd fire off to him if you had him in the hot seat? What's the quickest way to help somebody build grit? <laughs> I like it. Read the book to get the answer, yeah. right? There you go. What about you, Christian? First um, guest, first question? Mine would have to be LeBron James. Um, I've been a huge LeBron fan since birth. I was born in Ohio, so I mean, when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers, I followed him when he went to Miami, to LA, and I actually moved to LA too. I was like, it's meant to be to be, <laughs> to be a LeBron fan, but um, I mean, you either hate him or love him, but you have to respect his greatness. He's, I mean, been dominating the league for 20 years, and that would be my question for him would be, how do you maintain such prime shape for 20 years in the league? I mean, I had back problems my junior year in college. I'm like, I can't even move, and how he's doing this for 20 years in the league. So, I mean, it's just amazing how he just keeps his body in such prime and elite shape, 25-7, so. Nice. You know, what... Uh when you think, though, about, um, you know, what's influenced maybe your interest, I think we all think back sometimes to something that, uh, you know, an experience we had or something that we perceived as a, as a young person. Um, what's your first memory of basketball? You know, is it a, is it a game, a player, a situation? But what got it on your radar and, uh, and, and sort of made you kind of think, you know, that's a sport that I'm interested in either in playing in or maybe pursuing a career as a coach? Um, but, you know, Christian, why don't you go first and tell us? Um, I would have to be just watching the uh, Tennessee Lady Vols. I don't know what year it was when Pat Summit was the coach. Um, seeing Candace Parker dunk in a game on national television, like that just really inspired me. Coming, usually you just see, you know, men's basketball players, they can dunk, they can do this, but just seeing a female basketball player dunk in a college game, like that just really inspired me. I mean, as soon as I saw that, I went downstairs and our, uh, 
we have like a weightlifting equipment and I just started doing pull ups. I'm like, I'm gonna dunk. I'm gonna <laughs> dunk. And I was five six. So I wasn't jump uh, dunking anytime soon. But Did you get did you get it in there eventually? Or I, I didn't I didn't I'll still be trying trying sometimes <laughs> in the gym and my parents were like, Coach, you need to sit down somewhere. But wow. I mean, well, I'll give you a dated reference here if you want to dial up uh, Spud Webb and if anybody I don't right, know, yeah. if he knows who he is at this point. Yeah, but. yeah. a uh, uh, hundred box jumps later, I mean I I'm not there, but that really did inspire me. Just Pat Summit, she was an amazing coach and an ama- amazing leader, and the way that that dynasty that she had at uh, Tennessee uh, was amazing to watch in live action. So I mean, that, that was my inspiration for sure. Nice, nice. Um, I would say mine was just being out in my driveway. I grew up in about twenty minutes southwest of Chicago, and I uh, just my dad would you know let us play all kind of sports and he'd teach us a little bit but i had a, a sister a year older than me and we used to just go out and and play and you know my parents were always kicking us outside to go play so really i just spent a lot of time uh either with her on my own you know in our driveway playing basketball and shooting by myself before school would start so i usually i was like an early bird even as a kid i would be in my school uniform i went to Catholic school for 10 years and uh, I'd be in my school uniform and shooting and you know I'd pretend I was all five players on the court and pass to myself and do offense and defense and all the above and I I I, those are my first memories of it and I was doing that as early as preschool and I just remember knowing that I was going to play as soon as I could get on a team I knew I was going to play because I just that was just something I did every day um, from you know four years old very cool you know i think one of the really exciting things for um, for women's athletics is the fact that you know we've got um we've got role models now we've got examples and i know when i was younger and women's sports were less um prominent maybe uh professionally for sure and to some degree at the college level it's a different world today and we finally recognize you know the opportunity and the importance of of cultivating young women into sporting opportunities and and all so so the fact that you know you guys now have have positioned yourselves as role models for young women that want to look to women that have accomplished something in a sport that they love as well. I imagine that feels like a heavy burden at times knowing that, you know, you've got a role model behavior and and things that can help your student athletes aspire to achieve the same types of things that you guys have aspired. You know, what are some ways that you try and and, and demonstrate or, or, or create role model opportunities for students so they can look to that success and model their behaviors? We try to give them leadership opportunities and we try to kind of create um, I guess unpredictable situations for them or situations where they can step up and have to be tough and I I mean we work in a more male dominated um, field that's just the truth and there's going to be a lot of times where I think they will have to earn their voice and and make themselves be heard and be tough and that's what I want for them is to feel like nobody can stop them because they've already done tough stuff in their life and that they deserve every opportunity that everybody else can get but they're going to have to work for it and they're going to have to prove that they deserve it and I think just trying to get them to be have a really good work ethic so where they can be confident in any kind of profession they choose or any situation they're in um, because I, I do think it is hard as a woman you're you're always going to be constantly feeling that especially in a um, male dominant profession which a lot of them still will be and you know I think 
no matter what, it'll just help them be better family members to their families and their kids someday. And uh, I think confidence and work ethic is what we're really trying to instill a lot. Excellent. Christian, is there something uh, that stands out to you in terms of things that you in particular like to, to be aware of and, and, and present role modeling types of behavior for your student athletes? Being a former uh, college athlete myself, I mean, I've been there, done that. Like we tell that to our players all the time. Like you're going to deal with adversity. Practice is going to be hard. You're going to have people who don't believe in you that you won't be able to, you know, be a successful basketball player or like whatever the situation is. But you just have to, you know, overcome those adversity that you face and just showing our athletes that, you know, like we've been in those situations before and just outworking your whoever it is that you're in competition with, just outworking whoever it is every single day that you step into the gym, step into the classroom, or just, you know, just making them better, uh, better women that way every single day. Nice. I know I, I coached uh, uh, youth sports for a number of years, football and baseball in particular, um, uh, men's sports. Uh, but I would remember on the football side of things, there were a few years where I would have a, a, a girl on my team a young woman, and um, in every single situation, it was it was interesting that I look back and she was the best player on my team each and every time uh, because she had that drive and that passion, that dedication, um, and to to as a young woman to step into an environment with nothing but men, young boys in that case, it's a it's a challenging situation, and uh, boy does that build character. Um, character is is I think you know the ultimate objective in terms of success in whatever you do, I think is a combination of character building and confidence. Um, and there's so much to be said for instilling confidence in young people. And that's something that we as leaders, whether coaches, um, mentors, can really have an effect on. Um, you know, Really supporting people, athletes, and making them feel like their, their play is, is, is developing where it has to go, that their point of view is valid and, and appreciated. What are some of the ways that you can instill confidence in athletes through through practice, through organizational skills? You've mentioned some of those things, but do you see tricks as coaches, um, or maybe not tricks, but, but, but methods that you can use to build that confidence in your players? I think that having the constant reminder that it's bigger than basketball, like, you know, if we're on you or we're, you know, telling you to do it over, do it better, you need to go harder, you need to do this, it's not for that particular outcome. Like, they have to understand that the picture is a lot bigger than themselves. So that's what we're always striving to do is get them to see the the big picture of the long term, you know. So for some of them, they think right now the big picture is like a championship. or the, That's not the real big picture we're trying to get them to to look at. We're trying to get them to put their 100% in anything that they're doing. So when they leave here, they're going to be successful no matter what they're doing. So when life gets hard, they can bounce back and do something with it. And they're not just going to quit, you know, if things get tough. That's what we're trying really to get them to do. That's why I think sports are so great. I think that's really what sports are about. I think a lot of people get really focused on the wins and losses. But um, what's really important to us is how you're doing things and why you're doing things. And we're trying to get them. It's not always easy. There are definitely days where they can see it and other days where they're probably really annoyed with us, you know, but we're trying to get them to see that big picture so they're ready for the next step. 
Yeah, and the and the reward comes back uh, as you've mentioned you know, years later when you see students um, succeed in life, whether it's in the sport you you coached them or uh, professional pursuit. Um, what about you, Christian? Are there uh, are there are there strategies and and uh, sort of approaches that you like to pursue to help build confidence in your players? I think for our group, especially, a lot of them are hard workers on the court, but just teach them to be more vocal leaders is really important for this group of girls because especially you know in the real world no one's going to vouch for you it has to be yourself you're the one who determines you know what your history you're writing your book every single day every chapter so just really just letting them be more vocal leaders on the court because as coaches we can't say everything we're not on the court with them we're on the sideline we're not we don't have a jersey on when we're out there so just preaching that constantly with them that you have to speak up you have to you know if you hold your teammates accountable all the time so you can't do that without a voice you can show what your hard work but you have to use your voice because in the real world it's only you you have you and you have your voice so you have to say what you want and you have to go get it so that's our main thing with our group of girls just being more vocal leaders for sure sharks weekly is brought to you in part by bank of hawaii bank of hawaii is a proud supporter of hawaii pacific university athletics and the only local bank ranked one of America's most trusted companies by Newsweek. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to Sharks Weekly on Hawaii Sports Radio, and we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Sharks Weekly on the Hawaii Sports Radio Networks, 95.1 FM and AM 760. And we're back. I'm Jeffrey Rich, your host today. Um, and today in studio, we have uh, the head coach of uh, HPU Women's Basketball, Katie Novak, and associate head coach, uh, Christian DeWitt. We've talked a little bit about the team and, and the season to date. Um, we'd love to learn more about uh, your guys' perspective about things. So I always like to ask a few more questions that sort of draw out your perspective about things. So I'm gonna hit you with another one. Um, this is an interesting one, so uh, give it some thought, but if there were a zombie apocalypse coming, who are the three people you'd want on your team? Christian, you go first. Well, of course, I'm going to have to go with LeBron James. Uh, You're clearly a big LeBron fan. Yeah, clearly a big LeBron fan, if you haven't noticed. Um, I need someone with speed. And we should say, these these can be, we'll say, anybody um, living or not living at this point. I'm going to have to go with Usain Bolt (laughs) so I can just, you know, zoom past (laughs) everybody with him and he can do whatever he wants. We'll get across the zombie apocalypse with him and... All right, we'll come back to that. You're going to give us some thought because we're going to hit you before we're done. Katie, who who are your three gotta-haves for the zombie apocalypse? You know, I've actually talked about this with my husband, so he's (laughs) going to laugh. Um, He would be my number one choice because he's probably the smartest and most resourceful person I've ever met in my life. Uh, He's he's an engineer, um, but he's the most prepared, organized person. I thought I was pretty prepared and organized until I met him. And he probably already has a plan if there is a zombie apocalypse ready. Actually, he's talked about some stuff, hypotheticals. So I know he would be good to have. And then I've got to say my son, Walker, and then my daughter on the way. You know, they would be on my team as well because I couldn't (laughs) leave them behind. But, yeah, my husband, Will, would be, uh, I would feel confident he'd be able to get us through that. Nice. Well, all good choices. Did you come up with your third yet, Christian? Yeah. Yes, I'm going to have to go with my twin brother. I mean, he always has my back with everything. So, I mean, he wouldn't leave me hanging in a zombie apocalypse. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would hope not. 
So I think it's interesting, though, that, uh, you know, in terms of generational views on basketball and, and the, you know, just the, you know, the incredible accomplishments of, uh, of LeBron James, um, you know, how do you guys view, you know, historical figures in basketball? You know, people that, you know, to you probably now is a historical figure and somebody like Michael, Michael uh, Jordan um, or even older players going back in time like Will Chamberlain or folks. Are you students of the game? Do you, do you study, you know, past great players and... You know, tell us a bit about your interest uh, past, you know, contemporary basketball. Yeah, I mean, the game's always changing. The game of basketball has always been changing since the past. I mean, there's always the argument Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, but I mean, basketball has changed so much since then. I mean, the three-point shot, I feel like Steph Curry changed the game when it comes to shooting the three-point. Like, that's, even women's basketball, it's relied so heavily on shooting the three-pointer. And then back in the day, it's more of, aggressive bully basketball get into the rim or I'm going to dunk on you or something something really physical like that but now it's more you know three ball three ball you know teams are scoring in the hundreds like on average now when it comes to men's and women's basketball so I feel like it's forever changing so it's kind of you can't really put a goat name to basketball because basketball is never the same every every year it's evolving every year it's a different up tempo or bully basketball shooting a three at a high percentage but um I, I love watching old basketball new school basketball and just seeing how it's changed throughout the years uh growing up in chicago i'm a huge michael jordan fan and i uh you know always went to games when i was younger I actually worked for the chicago bulls for about seven summers doing their summer camps when i used to live there and got to meet a lot of the players and was fortunate enough to do that. Um, I, I, I love Phil Jackson. Honestly, I've read pretty much every book he's ever written, but I would say I, I definitely am interested in all those kind of stories. I like hearing new sports stories I haven't heard before. I, I like learning about other sports from, you know, different from basketball. There's just so many different paths that people take to find success. Um, in different ways in sports and I I'm I love you know a good documentary or a good book on something like that but I you know I thought The Last Dance was awesome just because you know I've been a Bulls fan my whole life and uh, I thought they did a really good job with that those are some of the earliest basketball games I remember watching were Michael Jordan games that was an amazing documentary yeah. The Last Dance yeah. yeah you know and I think we all as um, you know uh, uh, fans of sports you know um tend to look at the teams, the players that are exceptional in our current era, and then we try and compare them to past eras. You know, and there's always this sort of bias towards, you know, well, the game's faster today or people are bigger. Um, you know, and, and that's certainly true in some sports. Um, I heard a statistic that I don't know if it's true. I think it's true, but that, you know, with all the evolution of technology in golf that the average score has not come down more than, I think, three strokes in like 50 years. I think that's interesting. Um, but, you know, for our listeners that didn't have, uh, you know, the opportunity to watch Michael Jordan play, you know, that truly was a player um, in any era that could take over a game and dominate, um, you know, whether he's playing uh, today or, or was playing, uh, you know, 50 years ago. Um, just an exceptional talent that obviously um, uh, uh, took his team and, and, and took his teammates to new levels. Um, that's important, leadership within the team. You know, who are your emerging leaders? Who's going to take HPU down to the next level? You mentioned some of your standouts earlier. Um, but, you know, how important is that in terms of the, um, the team dynamic and really trying to, to cultivate the leaders and in, 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 in making the performance of their, of their uh, teammates better? I think a lot of our leaders now are, are on their last year of eligibility and, and they know that and that's why they're good leaders too. 
um, I'll be interested to see as it plays out um, who kind of really learns from them and who's ready to kind of step up and take more of a leadership position. As the season continues to go on, we still have a lot of games left. It's going to evolve a lot. You know, as we add some new players next year, it's going to evolve even more. And I think that's a really, I I can't predict it right now um, because I've had players in the past, you know, who have been a shy freshman and sophomore and come out their junior year and are, you know, a captain and a leader and the voice of the team on the floor. And if you would have told me that their freshman year, I would have said I didn't see it coming. So I think uh, some people can always surprise us and, you know, when they're ready for that role, they'll step up into it. Nice. And you mentioned, you know, one of your uh, your favorite documentary, The Last Dance. Mm -hmm. Do you have one you like better? Team-wise, I would say I'm not sure. I think that's one of the best team ones I've seen. Uh, There's some individual ones. Like, I actually like the Nolan Ryan documentary a lot. I know it's baseball, but a really interesting story. There's a lot of really great stories, but I, I just think the last dance, if you're looking as a basketball player and you're looking at your whole team dynamic, I love how they touch on the different kind of strengths and weaknesses of the team and, and how it took all those kind of personalities to be moving towards the same goal. I, I just think that they did the best job of capturing kind of the chaotic nature of what makes a team. And even the team at the highest level winning the championship, the best team in the world, you know, at the highest level, NBA level, they had their share of ups and downs throughout the whole season. So I think the the perfection at the end, but showing all the imperfect along the way is really, really cool. Um, favorite documentary, Christian? I'm, I'm going to have to piggyback uh, The Last Dance. I've watched that documentary so many times since it came out. It just shows so many people see the success that the Bulls had, and but they don't know all the adversity and issues that were within the program, but that still came out with victory at the end. So, I mean, it takes a lot to have a successful program. And that's what we tell our players all the time. Like, the road to the championship is not going to be easy. You're going to deal with adversity. You're going to deal with uh, different conflicts within the team or – with outside of basketball but every day is not going to be easy like if you're running in practice or you're not liking that you're doing down and backs like it's going to be hard but the champion the road to success isn't going to be easy so it's just those little pieces of conflict that you deal on a daily basis like how are you going to be above that and take whatever take a step it takes to get to the championship Nice. So um, I'm going to wrap up for the day. That's all the time we've got. But I wanted to uh, to thank you guys for joining us today. Um, you know, Katie Novak, our, our head coach of uh, women's basketball here at HPU and our associate head coach, Christian DeWitt. You guys are doing an amazing job. Um, you're role models and inspirational leaders here at our university for young women and athletes of all types. And uh, I want to thank you for the work you're doing um, and wish you luck as we continue on in the season um, and hopefully uh, good fortune uh, in terms of recruiting this year and we'll come out stronger each year but thanks for being our guest today thank you so much yeah thank you we enjoyed it thanks for being with us today this is sharks weekly Uh, join us again wednesday at nine o'clock we'll have interesting guests and perspectives to talk about uh, here at hpu as we celebrate sports and athletic achievement you've been listening to the hawaii sports radio network's special presentation of sharks weekly in conjunction with hawaii pacific university on 95.1 fm and am 760 tune in every monday at 9 a.m for another edition of sharks weekly 
A special mahalo to Hawaii Pacific University, Executive Director of Athletics, Dr. Debbie Snell, Hawaii Pacific University's VP of Marketing and Communications, Jeffrey Rich, On-Site Technical Engineer, Paul Brecht, and Operations Director, Kuule Agbayani. We now return you to regular scheduled programming on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760.